What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Friday. Oh, my God. It's finally Friday. Super Bowl week is over. This is it. End of the week. Except it's really Thursday as we're recording, so it doesn't feel like it's quite there. Uh, but that's all right. To, uh, to sort of relive the Super Bowl magic, I've been dragging all my friends out from uh, their time in Atlanta. Couldn't do it without talking to Pete Prisco. Pete, what's up, buddy? Who's still recovering. <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody's, everybody's struggling, Pete. It's not... I'm not saying it's not that you're not struggling the most. I was sick, though. Remember, you guys weren't sick. Yeah, were, your injuries were all self-inflicted. <laughs> no way, dude. I didn't. I didn't drink that. Oh, uh, yes, you did. I don't think I did. I didn't have that much to drink while I was down there in the Super Bowl. Relative, yeah. you you. I got in the cab with. I got on a cab with you on Monday morning. And I swear, I got a little whiff. Uh, you know what? I meant to text you after that. After we parted ways at the airport. Um, and by the way, how about that CBS setup to get through the airport? That was awesome. Oh my god, I was. I was hoteled, I've mentioned this on the podcast 900 times, but I was hoteled a gate in 50 minutes. Uh, but, but I meant to text you on the way. I think that was our Lyft driver who smelled. Cause like in the cab, I was like, man, it kind of, it smells. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But see, I, that's why it was weird because you guys got some drinks and did the podcast in the night before. So where'd you get them? Because it was closed at two. Yeah, we didn't have anything else. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I don't, I don't, I mean. It must have been a residual effect from the week for you. Maybe, maybe I was just, yeah. You were walking around all week like a, smelling like a stinky brewery. <laughs> and you know what's funny? What's you know that? what's funny about that is it's funny when like I couldn't because I was on antibiotics so I can make the joke because otherwise I'd probably be the guy doing it too. Well, I, you did say midway through, you're like, you know, you, and EK said this too, you're like, you're, are you, are you okay? Everything all right with you? You're taking it a little easy. It's kind of like not having a big week. I had one or two big nights, but, um, I think it was I had none. I didn't have one. I had half a beer the entire week because, because I was sick. Yeah. Uh, you, you did a ton of video down there on CBS Sports HQ, our 24 seven streaming sports platform free 24 seven picks, gambling, fantasy, Pete. Uh, Brady, all kinds of stuff. I, I'm just losing track of what I'm supposed to do in my life in general. Um, also in this podcast, we're going to talk to Pete about some free agency stuff, and then we're going to talk to Ben Kerchival, our new AAF beat writer. People have been asking me, like, are you going to do AAF stuff on the podcast? Hell yeah, we are. It's the all season, and you can gamble on it, so we'll do it. Um, Pete, who you got? Who's your who's your who's your AAF pick to win the win the AAF? I haven't done the rosters yet. When I look at them, I'll pick one. I haven't looked either. It starts I'm gonna, a week from Saturday, right? I know it starts tomorrow. Oh, it does. Uh, well, Saturday. yeah, this Saturday. That's right. Yeah, so it's this Saturday well, on CBS Sports. Um, I actually have um, have to get in deep into the rosters then. Nice. I love I love side leagues. I'm one of the I'm one of the guys that was big in the side leagues. Well, I liked them all. I could go back to USFL. Hell, I can go back to the WFL if you want to really oh go back. God. You could probably go back to the uh, AFL, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, um, yeah, but I count that as a real league. I'm okay. talking about like the. The USFL, the WFL, people forget about that. The World Football League, that was when they signed Zonk and Kick and all those guys. And then uh, the U- USFL, I loved. I love the USFL. Hmm. The XFL, not so much. Um, well, I'm excited for the AAF. Me too. More football is a good thing. It's, uh, and it's going to be broadcast on CBS Sports. I am with you. I think more football is a good thing. I think it'll, I think people are hungry enough where, it, like the gambling and fantasy changes everything, right? Like if I don't know if you're going to form an AAF fantasy league with your like I don't know if the casual fan is going to do the fantasy league right off the bat, but I think that people will absolutely. I mean, dude, remember when we remember when I, I I was I was begging you for money in Vegas so we could bet on Manziel in the CFL. I mean, like whatever, we'll bet on any people will bet on anything if they if they got the Speaking opportunity. Of money, to you owe me fifty. I do owe you fifty. Do you have PayPal? No, you just pay me next time you see me. All right, I'll pay you. Um, Are you gonna be at the combine? I do have PayPal, but I hate PayPal. It's okay. terrible. That's fine. Um, uh, combine, you'll pay me. I'll pay you at the combine. I do owe you. You uh, just tell the audience. Chris goes the champ. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, credit to um, let me find let me bring up R.J. White's uh, Twitter page because he has the final standings. Of course, uh, apologies to everybody that we didn't have a podcast. I should have mentioned this earlier in the week. Apologies, we didn't have the podcast done on Sunday. There was a technical issue that was not related to my fault. Um, the Pick Six Podcast Challenge is over. This is from R.J. White. Congrats to Prisco who went plus three hundred four of five on your bets on Super Bowl Sunday. Finished with sixteen hundred thirty four dollars. R.J. finished with. 1020, um, and I finished with nothing. 1634, Pete, you nailed it. You said Patriots and under. You called Sony Michelle would score a touchdown. Uh, what else did you have on the Super Bowl? It was Sony Michelle, 
Um, I the one I missed was Gronk scoring a touchdown. That almost came mm. to fruition. Yeah, should have been. But so but, rest, but I, if you got Sony Michelle, no, I had Sony Michelle over seventy, whatever. Yep, got that. Got late. that. Yep. And then I had the under the Patriots. Oh, first half under. Yep. Yep. And then uh, and then, but if you had gotten Gronk scoring a touchdown, you wouldn't have gotten Sony Michelle scoring a touchdown. No, I didn't have Sony Michelle scoring touchdown. I had Sony Michelle going over total. Oh, oh wow. Okay, so, so what? Gronk scores a touchdown. I go five for five. Oh my god! Well, you nailed the Super Bowl. Um, credit to you. Uh, the it was. Uh, I haven't. I don't think I've. I, mean, I talked to you briefly after the game when we were huddled up at the bar. Any any thoughts on it? Like, I mean, one of the greatest coaching jobs I've ever seen. Where does it rank in terms of? Because you were a big Giants fan, and you were obviously covering the league in the, in the '80s. But like, where does it rank? Because the two the two other big coaching jobs by Belichick that people tend to point to are one, the 2002 Super Bowl against the Rams, and then the uh, the Giants uh, coaching this, job this with might have been this this one might have been better. Wow, because it's a much more complicated game now. I'm including the one against Jim Kelly and, and Thurman Thomas and yeah, the Bills. It's a much more complicated game now, right. though. Yeah, for sure. It, 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 it's not only what they did in the secondary; it's what they did up front. Uh, you know, look, I all week, remember I said on Sunday, I don't know if you were on with us, I said, watch out, fellas, this is the most man-to-man team in the league, which means that Belichick is going to play a lot more zone in this game than he has all year. Did you say that? I that? Yeah, I did say it. McFadden kind of disputed it a little bit. I said, nope, I know Bill, because I study Bill. I read all the books about him. I, know, I, I, I mean, I don't know him well as a person, but I'm talking about from a football standpoint. And he, his genius – is the fact that he does what you don't think he's going to do. And that's what he did. Because they're all, you know, most of the season, they led the NFL in man-to-man. Yeah, they didn't play yeah. a lot of man-to-man. No, they, all they, they did was play man-to-man. I mean, that's some Art of War, like Sun Tzu stuff, right? Where you you know what you do best, you know what your enemy does best, and you go away from maybe what you do best in order to – like. You know what I mean? He Well, McVay went away from what he did best, and he played right into his hands. Why weren't they playing fast? They played fast at the line of scrimmage all year, and then he allowed him to dictate tempo to him. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the dumb – look, McVay got outcoached, and he got caught up in the moment. Yep. He got caught up in the moment. When you match wits with Belichick, be who you are. Don't change – you don't have to change a lot of stuff. Be who you are. They played fast at the line of scrimmage all year. He decided he wasn't going to do that. They came back to bite him in the butt. But then also the Patriots had multiple plays called for each defensive, like, snap. Like they had, yeah, like. That happens a lot. No, no, I know, but I mean, they, they knew that, but that counter is to get Goff up on the line of scrimmage, to have him sh- tell McVeigh what he's seeing. McVeigh calls the play, they go with the play, and then, then they're like calling an audible, and all of a sudden Jared Goff is, you know, operating a play into something that is completely different from what, he was expecting it to be, and, and look, the girly, the girly situation, by the way, is still. Uh, is, people say it's a mystery. I don't think it's a mystery. I think it's him. Physical uh, or mental? It's not an injury. It's nothing. It's him. Have you talked to anybody about this? Or you just—that's just your gut. Well, I, I mean, I've talked to people enough to know that he was healthy. So you think he's you think he's one hundred percent healthy? Yeah. Wow. Mm. The, co- the people I talk to in the organization say he's one hundred percent healthy, and if that's the case. In the last two weeks, Todd Gurley, the moment was too big for him. Three weeks. Pier- well, in the championship game. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was fine against it. That's right. He had a good. Well, I mean, they used CJ. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. That's crazy, man. That's one of the. That's one of the. Uh, the one of. I the- asked some coaches I know. I said, I said, have you ever had a player do that? It's where like, the like- moment, a good player, and they said, nobody ever with a C on their jersey. Mm. Nobody with an RB number either. Like, when, it's weird. It's weird. And, and, and they're leaving them and, and they've left it hanging out to dry a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's, it's like, I was texting with some friends of mine. They were like, is Gurley hurt? I was like, everybody is talking about how it's a mental thing. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, like, he's got the yips or something. They're like, what do you mean? Like, he can't hit the hole? I was like, he's just not there. He's just checked out. Well, I don't the- know if everybody was talking about it, but you know I was. No, no, no. I heard you were and like other, like, I heard there were a lot of people, there was chatter about it. Um, but like. I- I've been told that that's what it was. Now, I don't, by different people. Now, that nobody would know for sure, but right. that's what I was told. That's cr- Well, Todd Gurley's going to have to answer some of those questions all offseason. I'm sure he'll be a great interview. All right, let's let's uh, let's dive into some free agent stuff because we could talk about the Super Bowl for, from now until the end of time. I don't know if you know this, Pete, but um, since you don't, you're not you're not writing your top 50 free agents this year? 
Yes, I am. You are? Yeah. Are you sure about that? Well, I usually do it, so yes. Why? Ah, okay. Well, uh, they, somebody I was assigned a top fifty free agent list because we apparently don't have one. Um, who's your? I, was, I always do my top fifty list, so okay, okay. they're not taking that away from me. So you might as well kibosh that one. Well, I'm. That's good to know now. Before I finish the last forty of them, uh, when are you planning on writing it? I'm glad we're hashing this out on the podcast. Before the before free agency starts in March, okay, they wanted one in Jan, in February, I guess. For sure. Well, then I'll do it in February. I don't care. Okay, okay, I would rather you do it because then I don't have to do it. Um, who would be your number one free? Okay, your number one free agent is Demarcus Lawrence, right? Yeah, but you got to remember, a lot of these guys are getting tagged. Wait, 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 so, all right, let me just. I'm going to run through the top. The, here, I'm going to give you my top five since I've started doing this. All right, um, Demarcus Lawrence, Jadavian Clowney, Grady Jarrett, Frank Clark, Trey Flowers, D. Ford. Le'Veon Bell is actually a top 10. Earl Thomas, Landon Collins, Anthony Barr. Am I missing somebody? Okay. Now you gotta go through, we'll go one by one. I'll tell you if they'll be on the market or not. Demarcus Lawrence is getting tagged. No. He's not gonna hit the market. The Cowboys no. would not let him out. Uh, Geneva Clowney getting tagged. He, he's not getting out. Grady Jarrett getting tagged. He's get, that deal's gonna get done from what I was heard. Okay. Uh, Frank Clark probably getting tagged or a deal gets done. Right. Uh, Trey Flowers. The Patriots have only used they, the franchise tag like twice since the new season. He might wander off. He might wander off. Mm. They'd be stupid to let him go. Yep. They might. D Ford probably getting tagged. Correct. Le'Veon Bell hitting the well, open. They got market. some money issues though, so that's going to be an interesting one. But yeah. what do you say, Le'Veon Bell? Le'Veon Bell is probably going to wander off. He won't be in my top ten, by the way. He won't. I thought about not including him, and I, I'm a little annoyed that I've like gone through the effort of creating this list. Now, no, now I was just under the impression you weren't doing it. I was surprised you weren't doing it because it's kind of your thing. Um, Le'Veon Bell. I had him at seven, but it was more like he's a transcendent talent. Not at you know, it's hard to do relative to the position, but he'll get a bunch of money. The question is, you know, I don't think he's going to be with the Steelers, right? I mean, I can't in my top ten. I can't put him in my list. I'm not paying him, uh, and this is why I'm not a. I don't pay him. I he's getting up in the years. He sat off out of a year. I'm not putting him in my top ten. That'll that'll piss people off. I, I, I'm fine with it. I thought about putting him lower. I, in fact, I should probably have him below Earl Thomas. Who, who's going to impact your game more if you spend? Earl Thomas is another risky one though with all those injuries. Yeah, but he's still 29. He had four picks in three games or three picks in four games. And I don't know. He's got a lot of wear and tear on that body. He does. I wouldn't sign him to. I mean, you can keep going down that list. There's other guys on that list you can find that are younger. I, you want young guys on that. If you're going to go pay oh, young guys, I'm, young. I'm just, I look, what would you, what would you give Landon Collins? Do you think he walks for the Giants? Mm, yeah, I do. I'd be careful with that one too. Would you be worried about paying him? Yeah, cause I, th- I think he's, he struggles in coverage a little bit. Hmm. The problem is there's no offensive players in this thing. There are no offensive players. It's, it's weird. It's like, it's almost like, just like, la- remember last year, good, incredible quarterback draft, but there was also like a ton of quarterbacks theoretically on the open market. I mean, I know, uh, I mean, Kirk Cousins got out there and Drew Brees was not going anywhere else, but he was technically on the market. Um, it, then this year, yeah, it's I'll like, give you a guy that, I'll give you a guy that should be on higher up in most people's list and he won't be, but that's the kind of guy you got to go pay is like Zadarius Smith. Yeah, I got him on there. Um, I, he, he, he's that guy. It's, it's like, um, who was it? There was somebody last year who it's like you identify a guy who played part-time snaps and had big time stat, like full-time stats on, a, on part-time snaps and is still young. How much, what kind of contract would you try to use? Try to, wh- where's a good landing spot for Zadarius Smith and what kind of contract is he going to well, He can play outside. He can move in on third downs. I, I think he's, he's another, Darrell Williams is another offensive lineman that's going to get paid on the market. Yes. He's coming off the injury, but, but I mean, he's got an all pro season. Yeah, sure. You know, Paredes, the center is going to get paid, although he's got to be in the right system. Juwan James is an interesting offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some linemen in here if you want to try and upgrade your offensive line. What about Trent Brown? Yeah, and he played well in the playoffs, but he didn't have a great year. And where do you play him? Is he a right tackle? Is he a left tackle? Where, where does he play? Mosley's an interesting one because you don't pay that position, but he's a good player. I mean, he's got four. Mosley has four Pro Bowls, and if he plays fifteen, he has uh, four of three of his four or no, four of his five seasons are. 100 tackle seasons. He's actually a tag candidate too, I think, for the Ravens just because that tag is not prohibitive. Yeah. I mean, but still, it's an inside linebacker. It's a lot of money for an inside sure. linebacker. Um, he is. The value of the position isn't great. What about Preston Smith? He's an underrated player. 
That's an underrated player. You probably get him on a decent deal too. Yeah, I like. I think back to uh, was it Avery? Maybe it was Avery Williamson. I'm thinking of who got a good deal. Like Blackbacker. Yeah, yeah, the Jets signed it, but I mean, they did. They they paid him. They paid him pretty good money, but like. It wasn't outrageous cash, and he was and he was a really good player for him last year. Um, I think free agency stinks. I don't think you're you're not you you, buy, you pay free agency. You're you're asking for trouble. Well, that's what Lock and Four wrote a piece on it last uh, this like a couple of days ago. Now, here's my thing, and I wrote about this in the intro to the top fifty free agent piece that may or may not see ever see the light of day. Now that you're still writing one, um, the problem is is that each year and I. Back me up on this if you want, but each year since 2011, we have seen diminishing returns in terms of who hits free agency. I think it's because the spike in the salary cap coupled with the rookie contracts, that the rookie wage scale that was introduced in the 2011 CBA has ultimately resulted in um, – People, teams being willing to hold on to guys who might otherwise, they might have to cap because, they might have to cut because of cap crunch situations. And additionally, uh, you know, teams being able to, being able to trade for guys instead of, instead of having to sign them to free agent deals and teams being, you know, unwilling to pay mar- you know, quote unquote market value for mid-level veteran free agents because they can just go get somebody in the draft and plug and play them now. Yeah, all that. And keep your, develop, if you draft a guy and develop him, keep him. Find a way to keep him. If he's good, worth keeping. I mean, you know, look. Okay, let's let's take Lamarcus Joyner. The Rams put a tag on him last year, right? Yep. Well, they spent the whole year. He was just okay, not worth the tag. So it's probably not going to tag him again. They can't tag him again because it's money wise. But now, what do you do? He's probably going to hit the free agent market. Well, they found out that he's a good player. He's not a great player. Well, that's so that's when, look, that's when a tag for, is good, though, right? Like, right. Yeah. If you're looking for great player money. Forget about it. What about uh, Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger? What could happen with him? Somebody will—he's not going to get a mega deal. He's going to get a decent deal, though. He's still young, man. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't have a great year. I love—you know me—I love the Honey Badger, but yeah. he didn't play as well last year. He's only twenty-six years old. Yeah, yeah. I still think he can help people. He'll—he'll he'll get an interesting. See, like he would be more. This is going to sound crazy, but he might be more attractive to some team than Earl Thomas because of the age and the injuries. Now he's had major injuries too, but not lately. Right. He had a healthy year last year. He had his best year since 2015 when he was an All-Pro. Right? Yeah, he was okay last year. I didn't think he played as well. That's just me. I mean, he wasn't – I mean, but he's only had two – he's had one transcendent year, 2015. He was injured in 2016. 2017 was – you know, he was coming back from injury, and he had a very good season but not a great season. I think. I think – Last year, same sort of thing. But he he looks like he's improving in terms of health. Two straight years of sixteen games. You know, the stats are there for two straight seasons. I mean, he could potentially have a breakout, another breakout year in twenty eighteen if you put him in the right spot, or twenty nineteen if you put him in the right right spot, right? Yeah, I mean, he could, he's a good play. He, he could help a team. There's no question about it. You know, Brandon Graham's an interesting case. Yeah, he's, he's thirty one, but he's a good player still. For but do you give him? You don't want to. So you don't give him a five year mega deal. You give him something for three years where you can come in and help your team. And he also has a little bit less wear and tear because he was part-time early on in his Eagles tenure. Uh, See, my big thing is when I look at free agency is I always look for 26-year-old to 27-year-old guys. You're giving them a three-year deal. You don't want to pay them in their 30s. If you're older than that, then that bothers me. You know, it's I don't like like paying a lot of money for guys that are are older. I mean – you look for the middle mid-range guy who can come in and start. He's not going to disrupt your salary cap, and you can pay him a decent deal. That's where guys like, you know, Zadarius Smith. If you need a, that kind of guy, he can help you. What about the idea of Jamison Crowder going to the Patriots? <laughs> it seems too easy. Well, they need to get speed. They're That's losing. All- they're losing a lot of receivers. Uh, I, I got three names I want to ask you about too, because you have to go in a minute. Um, Anthony Barr. These are all three former first round picks. Anthony Barr, Dante Fowler, and Ezekiel Ansah. Okay, Anthony Barr to me is 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 a good, well rounded player, but he isn't changing the game. Yep. So that that's where I'm on him. If the contract's decent, I like him, but he's not change, he's not gonna line up and win with pass rush and he's not gonna become a, a force. He's just a good you know, solid player who can do a lot of things. 
you know, unless you want to play him outside, which is a possibility as well. He is big now, enough where he could like play as an outside passer. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now Fowler to me plays hard. He's good against the run. He's just not a great pass rusher, but he is only 24. So there's intrigue there. I wouldn't pay him. I would, would I give him a big contract? No, I would not. You could give him a deal with incentives. I think I'd be interested in that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not paying him a big money. He's not a, he's not an elite pass rusher. He's a good, hard, tough, physical football player. There's a lot of those guys. But so no, I wouldn't pay him. A, and who was the third one? Ziggy Yonsa. How old is he? Is he, is he 30 somehow? Is that how? Yeah, how to, you know, there was concern about his age when he came out. He'll, be, so he'll be 30 next season. He'll be so. 30 in May. Man. He's that, injured. Yeah. He was 24 when the Lions drafted him. But he only played, what, 160 snaps last year or whatever? Yep. He's, he hadn't had a full season since 2015 when he had the 14 and a half sack year. Yeah, I, I wouldn't pay him either. You could get him on like a three year de- decent incentive deal. He's the type of signing where if you, like, I still think back to the two, and we've, we probably talked about this at the same time last year, but I still think back to the two best free agent signings in, in modern, in recent modern history, but when the Seahawks signed Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill, um, as dirt cheap pass rushers on the second tier of the free agent market, and they ended up being elite players who helped really jolt that defense to become the great defense that it was. Yeah, I mean, both those guys. And, and uh, we'll think about, okay, I'll give you one. What about Akeem Hicks? Mm. They signed him as a, what, what he got? He got a pretty decent deal, right? It was nothing. How about Jordan Hicks in, in this year's market? Yeah, inside linebacker. Yeah, they don't do yeah. much. There's a million of those guys. Uh, anybody, Adrian Amos? Jason Barrett. But you gotta look at the offensive side, cause there's not a lot of, like Mitch Morse, he, he's, he has some injury issues, but he's gonna get some money from somebody. Jared Cook is one of the few tight ends on the market. He'll <laughs> probably get some. Interesting, uh, you know, Jason McCourty played great at the end of the second half of the season for the, for the, um, yep. Patriots, but saved, he's 32. Saved the Super Bowl. He's 32. Still should have caught it. What's his name? But that's a whole other story. Did you watch Inside the NFL yet with Michael Irvin losing his mind about that? Yeah. He should have caught it. <laughs> I, I went with you, but then Brandon Marshall had the guys tee up Michael Irvin, like dropping a similar class in the NFC Championship game. Um, Devin Funches is only 25 years old. Can't run. Can't, he, I can see him like coming in and playing tight end for the Patriots too. Uh, John Brown? Didn't, didn't have the kind of year I thought he would have, to be honest with you. Now, right. some of that's because of Lamar Jackson, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kareem. Is an int- intriguing wide receiver. Tyro Williams, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Can't, can't really, he's never going to be, you know, he's not the number two there. He's the number three. He can help the team because he can run a little bit. How much did you give Mark Ingram? I'm just kidding. I'm not paying. You know me. Uh, you what, know about, me. what about two, two, two former first round cornerbacks, Darquez Denard and Jason Verrett, that kind of, Struck me as guys that could be cheap, and if they stay healthy and play yeah, full Well, Verrett's been hurt his whole career. Yeah, Verrett's Peter, a stud. He's just never Peter healthy. Seer is an interesting corner. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there, it's not – there's some guys you can find. I'll, I'll give you a guy who's going to get – Adam Humphreys is going to get some play on the market. Mm. You, you know, he's not on anybody's list. That's the kind of guys you got to look for. You don't pay them big money. They come in and they start and they help you. I mean, look look at the Patriots roster. And, and granted, some of them were acquired in different ways, but – Van Noy, right? Yep. Lawrence Guy. I mean, they picked these guys I mean, up. And Van, Noy, Van Noy, McCourty, and Danny Shelton were all cheap trade acquisitions. Right. All right. Give me your, uh, give me, if you had to sign right one, now. I gotta let you go because you gotta go, you gotta, you gotta hard stop. You got your PR person yelling at me. If you had to do, uh, I'm just kidding. If you had to do, if you had to sign one guy to a deal, who would it be? Who's your, who's your super sleeper free agent? Is right now, there's, there's no super sleeper free agent. If I if I had to sign one guy to a deal, it would probably be Clowney. Okay, Jadavion Clowney. I th- yeah, he's like, he's still young, man. He's like twenty. I mean, he plays hard. He's tough. He's physical. He can move him around. The contract would be outrageous, but you know, it's still a passers and pass rusher lead. That's what it is. And and I think the Rams found out the other day that as good as you can be inside rushing the passer. You better be good on the edge, too. Uh, you're and right. The edge is more important to me. All right, we're going to take a quick break, 
And then we'll be back with Ben Kerchival to talk some AAF. Thanks, Pete. You got it. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, joining us now, as promised, to break down the AAF, the American, the Alliance of American Football League, which confuses me, even though it's a great name. Ben Kerchival, what's up, buddy? Try it again. Start over. Alliance of American Football. But is it, is it the Alliance of American Football League or is it the Alliance of American Football? Well, no, it's, it's the Alliance of American Football. And we, and we'll casually call it a league. But they don't refer to it as a league. They it's an alliance. To it as, as a, it's an alliance. Right. So a league would not only be sort of redundant, it would almost be inaccurate. I mean, casually we'll call it that, but they, they refer to it as an alliance, so that's what it is. I'm probably going to edit that intro so it sounds like I know what I'm talking about. But anyway, I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. That's why you're here. Okay, so first off, um, if, you, if somebody if, – if an alien dropped in from space or – uh, somebody who, maybe not an alien, maybe somebody who'd spent a week in Atlanta was like, Hey, Ben, what's the one thing I should know about the AAF? Um, and, and it, it's starting this weekend, right? <laughs> yeah, it's starting this weekend. There's a shameless plug, simultaneous broadcast on Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on CBS. So you're going to get regional action in there. Most of the country is going to get San Diego versus San Antonio. Southeastern region is going to get Atlanta versus Orlando. Um, and then you get a couple of games on Sunday. So it's, it's sort of Premier League-ish style in the way that they schedule. You have two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday, 10 straight weeks, then you get 14 playoffs. Highest uh, uh, two seeds have the home bids for the semifinals. And then it, because they're so into wagering, Brenton, the uh, championship game is in Las Vegas yes. uh, on, on April 27th. So it's like, yes, man, like, please give me all of your Vegas stuff, which that'll be a whole thing. If you want to ask me about it, I'll be glad to talk about all the Vegas stuff because it is hilarious right now that odds makers are trying to, like, throw out lines because there's, there's, like, nothing to base it off of. But to answer your question, the one thing you should know is that as far as the product that they're trying to put on the field, and I was down in San Antonio for training camps. I saw, you know, some practices and, you know, practices, you got to take them a little bit with a grain of salt or haven't installed everything yet. You, you're, you're just trying to kind of get basic stuff down. The speed is not all that different mm. from the NFL. And, and, and it's sort of a stopgap, the alliances between college and, and the NFL. Whereas I think if you had like a minor league hockey, like there's clearly a difference in the speed in minor league hockey versus the NHL. But because you're still talking about such a small, elite percentage of players, a lot of these guys will, you know, maybe they had an injury. Maybe they, you know, were on, you know, the team all the way through minicamp, but, you know, they got cut at the last minute because they were the 10th linebacker. They only signed nine. I mean, it's just a lot of these guys are really just the, the one kind of left over. You know, maybe it was a disciplinary issue. So, they have skill, but for one reason or another, it just didn't quite work out uh, in, in the NFL. And, and some of them are trying to get back there. 
others kind of know, uh, you know, maybe their NFL window is fading a little bit, but they want to just keep playing football for as long as they can. So from a player standpoint, there may not be a ton of household names because your stars are, are going to be in the NFL, but the speed and the skill that's out on the field isn't really all that much different than, than what you see on Sundays. Now it might take a couple of weeks to, you know, to work all the kinks out as, as far as, you know, teams executing and kind of firing on all cylinders. But what's out there, the athleticism that's out there is, is still top end. Okay, that's important. That's good to know. So uh, you refer to it in your viewer's guide, which people can read at CBSSports.com, as a uh, like a blend of a complement of the NFL, stopgap between college and NFL, and a last chance you of sorts. Uh, this is a terrible – this is a terrible – this is a dumb question. How many teams are in the league? There's eight teams, uh, and they're all markets that – in one way or another, they, the Alliance really feels like are, are going to embrace football. So it's a lot of southern, southeastern markets. Um, you get Orlando, you get Atlanta, you get Memphis, um, you get San Antonio. Then you start to kind of get west a little bit. Uh, you get San Diego, which, <laughs> you know, they, they just lost their NFL team. So, you know, that San Diego is going to sure. get a team. Salt Lake has a team. Uh, Birmingham has one. So you're seeing a lot of scattered across sort of the, the southern part of, of, of the states. And, you know, for San Antonio in, in particular, so Moose Johnson's the GM. And, and so, again, you, you start rattling off these names, and there's some great names out there. Moose Johnson's the GM. Mike Riley uh, is the coach there. And, you, you know, for anyone who knows kind of Mike's history a little bit, you know, he used to coach down in, in San Antonio uh, as well. You, I think it was in the early 90s. Uh, when he was sort of in, in another pro league down there, he actually still has a house in the area. Um, they really feel like San Antonio is going to be this just great opportunity for them because they've had that carrot will sort of dangled out in front of them so many times. Like they built the Alamo Dome, right. kind of like this whole idea of like, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> and it just never came, right? And then, you know, you go back to, Oakland, uh, the Raiders making the move to Las Vegas and San Antonio thinking, well, you know, we might have a chance on this. And I, I think it's a town that's just so starved for a pro football team. And, and they finally get a chance to have one. It's not the NFL, but, you know, it is an opportunity to, to have a team that you can call your own. And I, I think they figure for a lot of those markets, they're tapping into that, but they're also tapping into local talent and the allocation system that they have and Bill Polian was he's the head of football. He's the guy who really along with Jeff Fisher was sort of the, you know, the brain trust behind this is the allocation system has about five college football teams that they tap into and more or less those are regional. So Birmingham, the iron, well, Trent Richardson's the running back. They're going to tap into Alabama. They're going to tap into Auburn. They're going to tap into, you know, Ole Miss, you know, sort of the localized teams where they feel like name recognition on a more regional level is going to have a greater impact than, you know, than it would nationally speaking. So even though the coaches right now have a little bit more of a, of a higher cachet, sure. on a regional market level, they feel like the names connect a little bit more. So, they also t uh, tap into NFL teams, uh, tap into a CFL team. There's a whole algorithm. I, I can't even tell it to you on the record. Bill wouldn't wouldn't go that far with me. Bill Polian knows what an algorithm is. I don't believe that. No, I'm <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> no. but yeah. So it's. I think you know. I, I think I think there's some potential there because they're they're trying to to tap into the the connection and the nostalgia sure. that, that you might have for a, a local player, you know. No, no, that makes total sense. I mean, like, you're appealing to local markets. I just want to see, like, like, uh, like, uh, San Diego football fans taking pictures in the streets of Mike Martz and tagging the Chargers, you know, like, like you would, when you break up with your girlfriend and then you, you go, yeah. you go on Facebook and you, like, post a picture, like, even though your new girlfriend is, like, not as good looking as your old girlfriend, you're like, oh, look at, like, we're having such a great time. We're out here, like, living the dream. Um, uh, all right. So, but in, in all seriousness, uh, schedule wise, so week one yeah. is this weekend, Saturday, February 9th. There's two games at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can watch them on CBS, uh, CBS, big CBS. Or, or CBS Sport. These are big. The big ones. Are, this is big CBS on this weekend, right? Yeah, oh yeah. So okay, for yeah. week one, you, you got to go big or go home. That's so right. For, that's right. The Saturday Saturday night is going to be uh, regional broadcast for CBS. 
Sunday is one CBS Sports Network. I think that's the early game. That's a 4 p.m. Uh, Central game on Sunday. And then the 8 p.m. game on Sunday night is NFL Network. Oh, and yeah. those are going to be live streamed as well. Okay. So, I mean, if you're not near a, a TV, you can get on your phone or tablet. And, if, again, if you – I think we have a how to watch. and if you, that, That's – that's going to tell you everything you need to know. The first, as far as the first, the first useful how to watch, uh, the first legitimately useful how to watch post <laughs> in the history of how to watch is, um, uh, week, so but like, and then week two is Saturday, February 16th and Sunday, February 17th. And this goes all the way until? Until April 27th is the championship game. So then, yeah. so there are no, uh, no breaks. Yeah. No breaks. They just go straight through it. Okay. And, um, and so, and you know, coaches tend to like that, especially if your season is shorter. They just feel like your your kind of momentum carries you forward a little bit. Um, so then they get your ten week season. Um, you play uh, every team in your division. So there's two divisions. I mentioned there were eight teams. Two divisions, four teams per division. You play each of those guys twice, and then you go uh, across your division and you play. And I think they figure out another way. But you get ten weeks, and then after that, you just go straight into your your playoffs. And like I said, it's it's four teams. Uh, higher seeds get the home field advantage, which I kind of like. Like, as a college football guy yeah. who watches the college football playoff every year, the one thing I've always kind of wanted for college football to make the regular season mean a little bit more was to have home sites with with major games. Like, so, and and you know how it is in college too. Those week one major games, they're all neutral site. Like every single one is neutral site, and we never get like Alabama USC. In Tuscaloosa, in, yeah, right? In Bama it, or like Bama going to the like the like the you know Bama going to the big house or something like that, right? Right, would, like you fun. never get that anymore. I mean, you used to get it, you know, earlier in the decade. You just you just doesn't happen that way anymore. So I really love that the AAF embraces it and goes like, hell yeah, we're going to you know higher seeded teams get the semis, and then going straight to Vegas for the championship game is just it's on April twenty seventh, which is a Saturday, and it's like. I haven't even asked the, my boss yet for for the like to go cover that in person, but I'm 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 going. That's a thing that's going to happen. And like <laughs> I told my told my family and my like my girlfriend, they're like, "We're coming too." I'm like, "Okay, cool." Like everyone's going to make a big trip out of it. Um, okay, so how is this going to go hand in hand? Then this is sort of a tangent off of the schedule, but like Saturday, April 27th mm. is the NFL draft, the final rounds. I would presume that the championship of the AAF is going to be aired after the draft. Um, and can anybody playing in the AAF be selected in the NFL draft? I, I, I honestly don't, I mean, presumably that would not be a thing because the NFL is, is all about utilizing, um, you know, younger, like they're not going to go get Trent Richardson. He's already been drafted once, right? I mean, but what, yeah, I mean, like how, like, right, so how, how does that work? If, if the NFL is like, Hey, that guy looks awesome in the AAF. We want to sign him. Um, can they, can they do that? Does the AAF have his rights? Cause you can do that. You know, like, how does it work? Like, does it work like the CFL? What's the process there? All right, so to answer the, the first part of your question first, um, what, I don't know what time the end because if that's round, if that's the first day, it's just the first round. No, right? no, no, no. So, so no, no, it's Saturday, so it's rounds four through seven, which starts at noon. Four through, and oh, usually okay. ends at like 6 then p.m. Okay, then it's probably after that, if, if I had to guess. Um, I don't think they would schedule it the same time as, as right. the draft and, and try to get buried in that. So I would imagine that it's afterwards. Um, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I would, I would, I would assume, I would, I would, I would get, yeah, it hadn't been announced because we don't know where it's going to be, or I guess that'll be in Vegas, but like, I would bet yeah. that given that NFL Network is in on this whole thing, that it will be promoted throughout the draft, and then that's actually a great lead up to the game uh, itself. Probably, anyway, yeah, probably. So then to answer the second part of your question, no, no one, no one in the AF is going to get like drafted, but, right. and the way that, and a lot of these guys, so 70% was the number that I was given. 70%, and this was before they made all the cuts down from like 75 guys to 52. Uh, this was last week. But 70% of the guys who were on the, the rosters for training camp um, across the entire alliance within the last 18 months were on a pro roster in some form. Might have been practice squad, might have been you know injured reserve or something. But they were, on, they were there as part of like the team. And then you know, they got let go. Cut, you know, just whatever. Um, if they get called up, and a good example of this, and I'm actually kind of glad you asked the question. Josh Johnson was the first quarterback taken yeah. in the quarterback draft by the AAF last November. Well, he gets called up by Washington, 
And, you know, now he's, now he's probably not going back to the Alliance, right? I mean, right. he's probably staying in the NFL. So uh, Garrett Gilbert, who was the journeyman, um, you know, across former the, Texas, the NFL. Former Texas. Star. Former, te- former yeah. Texas and SMU guy. Uh, he's probably going to be the starting quarterback. I say probably. He's going to be the starting quarterback for <laughs> Orlando. Um, he got leased up for a couple of weeks, I think, in December when Cam got hurt because he had been yeah. part of the Panthers organization. So they, he was just one of those guys that they said, well, we need a body in there. And he, he kind of knows what we're doing, so we're going to call him up. So then he came back, and then, and then he came back to the AF when, when they were done with him, once he was waived. So a lot of these guys, uh, the AAF will let them go up or you know, go on, do what they're going to do, and then whenever they're you know, likely finished – that team will, you know, retain the rights and they can come back and they can have that spot reserved with the team. The way that Ebersol explained it to me was because they don't view the NFL as like competition. It's it's not the same. It it would be fool's gold to think of it as competition. It's not even going on at the same time. These are kind of the leftovers of of the NFL as far as as far as your players are concerned. He goes, we want all of our guys to be the next Kurt Warner. Right, oh, like we okay. want all of our guys to go up to the NFL, have another chance, become wildly successful, be a surefire Hall of Famer, win, you know, win a Super Bowl, and they came from the AAF. Sure. We want all of those things. They're not like they're not like trying to latch on for dear life. Like, please don't go to the NFL. They want all of those things, which I, I find to be really nice and, and just kind of refreshing. And then, and then if it doesn't work, you can always come back and, and play for us because. We know that, you know, as far as the cutoff line goes, you were right there and it just maybe didn't quite work out, but you're, you can still play football. And so um, they're really open and lenient about it. And it's really one of the things about it that I like the most. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The other thing I like a lot is uh, this quote from Charlie. Okay, wait, before we get to that, actually, you know what we're going to ask you. Charlie Ebersol, the, uh, one of the co-founders of the CEO, said, gambling, fantasy, and mobile gaming continue to grow. Uh, we believe the future of sports information flows to the league's ability to deliver it instantly and accurately. So are you telling me that this league wants me to gamble on football, Kirchville? Is that what they're saying? They're saying, come on in and bet on our game because I like the sound of it. Well, the championship game is in Vegas. Yes. <laughs> they want you to bet on these games. Now, so what's interesting is we're publishing a piece today, another shameless plug. This is a CBS Sports podcast. <laughs> this is, this is so a shameless what, plug podcast and a CBS Sports podcast. You don't even have to shamelessly plug. Just plug at your leisure. Okay. So it's, so the other thing is, is like, how do you, how does anyone bet? I mean, no, they, there's, there's nothing like to go off of. So I, I, so right. I came some, some Vegas guys, got some answers. I won't spoil everything, but basically from the, how much are they going to let people wager? Like, uh, you know, what are the prop bets? Is there going to be like in-game wagering? So they're, they're dipping, they're fully embracing it. So to, to sort of go off of what, what Charlie said, they're fully embracing it, but they also have to, from a Vegas standpoint, they're also dipping their toe in the water rather than just completely diving headfirst into the two foot shallow end. Sure. Um, so their prop bets not going to be everywhere right away. Um, you know, in game uh, wagering probably not going to happen until maybe the second half of the season, maybe not even until the playoffs. Um, it just kind of depends on what books you're using, but it's, it's going to be kind of easy going and, and treading some kind of lightly, uh, on all of this, but as far as, as the actual betting itself, they are, they have fully embraced it, um, and it's great. I mean, I, I love that aspect of it. But what's funny though is you look at like they have like win totals out, they have week one lines out, and these like these lines are hysterical. Like the money lines on all, go look at these money lines. I can't find them. where am I supposed to, where am I supposed to find these? I went to sportsbook.com and there's like they have AAF lines listed, but there are no AAF lines available. No, I'm going to check my are they like are they up on the Westgate? Actually, no, wait. You know what? I, uh, yeah, I got it. I got Westgate had yeah. Westgate had win totals and money lines. Hold on, I just got a email from the Westgate with the uh, with. All right, so for instance, the Orlando Apollos is our first game, five o'clock p.m. CBS on CBS. Uh, Orlando Apollos minus five against the Atlanta Legends over under fifty three and a half. San Antonio Commanders. Uh, against the San Diego Fleet, minus five San, San Antonio, excuse me, uh, and then over under 54. Now, here's my question, Ben. What 
about right, what is different about this? And it, like this, I think this dovetails into the gambling thing. So I'm I'm, I'm going to kind of segue out of gambling and bring it back to it. But what is different about the AAF in terms of gameplay that will surprise people from NFL rules? So they're not as again as Charlie would say they're not a markedly different product. It's right. just they kind of how they go about it is there's just a there's bit four different. quarters it, of fifteen it, minutes, right? Is there is that I I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, okay. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's you know, it's still 60 minutes of football. Right. I mean, it's not like they they haven't changed anything there. This the streamlining of it is really kind of where they're they're differentiating themselves. So, like the XFL had in, in 2001, it's 35 second play clocks. So, they're they're moving it up just a little bit. They had talked about 30 seconds. They found 35 was kind of a happy middle, and so they're, they're sticking with that. Okay. Um, only two-point conversions. I like no it. No extra points. Um, and, and to boot, first of all, only this is where I think fans might bail a little bit. There's one overtime. It's a lot like – it's more like college than the NFL, and that both teams start on the 10-yard line. I, I, you basically get four opportunities to try to score a touchdown or, or kick a field goal. But that's it. You only get one overtime. So if you end in a tie, you end in a tie. Okay. I mean, they, because their thing is 150 minutes. So, I mean, you know an NFL game is at best three hours you know, long. Yeah. They say we're going to shorten it by 30 more minutes and we're going to hold ourselves to that. I'm okay with that. So, oh, that's fine. Yeah. So, I mean, because so for them, it's we need to give people – I mean, the NFL season's over. So we need to give people a reason to say when we go out of the house, why are they going to choose us over going to the movies or going to the park with their family? And so they need to keep it within a time frame that they feel confident in. Two and a half hours is the bar that they've set for that. So uh, replays. There's no replays other than two coaches' challenges. So you're not stopping the flow. It's not this paralysis by analysis in terms of trying to just get everything right all the time by like, is it a catch? Is it not a catch? And you're just, you're like running in circles with it. So as far as how that affects Vegas, the, the point totals were set really low to start. And I think that's just because they were playing the safe, like that point total for, like would you mention like San Antonio? Well, it's like already like a touchdown or like 10 points more than what it was like earlier this week. I, and they're Whoa. just, they're starting to just loosen up a little bit. I mean, all of those, uh, lines like every single home team is the favorite, but no one's a favorite by more than six points because again they have no clue. The they, they have no clue. I mean, like, any, like anything. Yeah, yeah. So no, I mean, I, like, I so I I don't know. I think it's it's going to be one of those things where you just you have to get, and this is why they're dipping their toe in as far as like in game wagering and prop bets and stuff are concerned. Is you have to get, I say, a few weeks in. I mean, several weeks in before you can kind of gauge. How, you know, they, again, they, they prognosticate on, on public perception. You have to give yourself a few weeks before you even know what the public's going to do. Yeah. Uh, and well, I mean, I'll say this, like, I think typically speaking, the, the average public person would go, uh, go with the favorite and the over if they knew nothing, right? So that may be something right. like psychologically, I would guess that these over-unders are pumped up about two or three points more than they should be. Cause it, in my mind, when I'm looking at, I mean, just as a, look, I'm a, I, I could be Joe Schmo. I'm, I am Joe Schmo. Um, especially, I, I know nothing about this league. I asked you how many teams are in it and I wasn't joking. Um, but it's like, you see play clocks 30 seconds. So that's shorter. You're like, all right, more points, you know, fewer, fewer timeouts, uh, fewer commercials, onside kicks are replaced with the option to attempt a fourth and 10 at the team's own 35 yard line. In theory, that should lead to more, uh, successful. Like I would expect the fourth and 10 converts more than the onside kick. No kickoffs, extra points are gone. So you get two point conversions. So in theory, more points. All of that leads me to think that these games should go over. And I'm assuming that Vegas is not stupid that they will have pumped these numbers up enough where they're probably yeah. like slightly infl inflated to a degree yeah they are so even when even with all the point totals like i think when i first saw them they were all like 40 to like 44 like they were like projecting these super i was like i fornelli was in my head man like i was still taking <laughs> go under under right. yeah yeah i was still taking unders left and right because this is just this is just me in talking to the coaches around the league I'm like, how's your offense looking? Well, yeah, I don't know. We're trying to install stuff. Some days, it's, some days it's good. Some days it's not so good. Like, I'm like, okay. Again, every I think I think you're exactly right in terms of what what Vegas is trying to project. 
people are going home favorites and they're going points sure. because of the opportunities to score points. But what you have to realize is a lot of these guys got the playbook last month, man. Like it's just everyone's just trying to figure out how they're going to go out there and, and move the ball. So while the opportunities are certainly there, I just, I mean, this, my read on the situation is I think for the first couple of weeks, there's, there's going to be so many kinks that have to be worked out, especially on offense. Now, one thing they will do, and I do think Vegas takes this into consideration. I don't think you're, you're not going to be a lot of blitzing in the AAF. Just, it, it's just sort of the, the thing that they're going to be doing where they say, you know, they want to promote fun and excitement and offense. And I think eventually you will get to that point. I just don't know that you're going to see the results of it in week one. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, you're like, oh, these guys are going to come in. These are veterans are going to come in and click. No way. These dudes are going to struggle. I think, I think this is every a. Sing, every single ahead, offensive line is like not good right now. I think this is a, <laughs> I think this is an under party. So if we're, if we're all wagering on this, and I don't know if you're going to be betting on it, but I know there are listeners out there who are going to be betting on it. I'm going to take the under in these games. Let them drive them up. Let's see what they do over the, over the course of the weekend. I can't bet on them myself. Um, but right now at this very moment, but, um, so like, so can you do like a fantasy team for AAF? Are you doing a fantasy team? What's the deal? So fantasy, that's a great question. When I asked Ebersol and Pauline about, about fantasy, it's a little bit of TBD. Um, the way that, again, there's, there's another algorithm for it. They wouldn't share it with me on the record, but the way, the example that Charlie used was the Patriots and Dolphins game. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the last second, the Hail Mary, the win. And the fact that even though Gronk was statistically not part of that play, that he like was an impact player on that, on that play in the terms of he didn't make the tackle. So, right they're going to find a way to make sure that basically all 22 people on the field can statistically be a part of, of what they want to do from a fantasy perspective. I've, I've pushed for more specifics and details. It's just not something they're ready to give yet. So it's a great question. And I wish I had more of an answer for you. I just don't have one. It's just not, it's not something that's going to pop up in the first year of the league. Right. I mean, like- yeah, I mean, they just, it's, it's a startup. Right. So they have to like get this thing going and then go, okay, how are we going to supplement this with, you know, with fantasy and, and things that are more engaging for fans? And, uh, and they just, they, you know, they're still in the R and D section of it. Okay. I'm looking at, uh, uh, odds and I, these are from the Westgate. I've, I've got them on, I'm sure they're on our site too. Are they, uh, do we have odds for who's going to, for who's going to win the, for who's going to win the league? Yeah. 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 So Westgate, Westgate had the odds. And again, the odds are hysterical because, like, I, who's who's odd on favorite? Is it? I think it's Arizona. Arizona. I think is they're favorite, at like yeah. five to two, maybe. Yes. Um, something like that. But then you got like four teams at four to one, and like or like five to one, or like four teams at ten to one. I mean, it's just you know, it's soft. These are just it's soft ones. All right, right, all right here it is. Uh, as of as of February first, Arizona five to two. I'm just gonna run through this because people people might not know who the teams are. Arizona Hot Shots, all right, five to two. Uh, that's basically two and a half to one. Math major Salt, Salt Lake Stallions say that out loud. Four to one. San Antonio Commanders five to one. Orlando Apollos, that's the uh, the old, that's the old ball coaches team five to one. Atlanta Legends five to one. San Diego Fleet, that's Mike March, uh, ten to one. Memphis Express ten to one, and Birmingham Iron ten to one. It's basically we don't know. I mean, like that's what the yeah. odds are. We're, we're not gonna, we're, everybody's ten to one or better. We're not going to get burnt by this. If you had to place one bet, having seen these teams, Ben, who would you pick to who uh, who who would you pick right now to win the title? Um, I assume it's whoever's on the top of your AAF power rankings, which you somehow have done already. Yeah. The power rankings, I, I sort of, I had to, you know how you laugh to keep yourself from crying. Like that's kind of how I approached power rankings before the start of the season. Cause like, I mean, you know, I made some calls. I talked to some people, but like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I think I had Arizona at number one, the team that I, I seem to feel the best about is Orlando um, I think it's just because one, you're going to get a bump from Spurrier, yeah. Uh, but also from a from a defensive like speed. I told you the speed is not all that different. I think Orlando's defensive speed is really good, mm. and um, so I think that's going to play a role in it as well. 
So I would go with one of those. Everyone tells me San Antonio has the best offense in the league. I, I mean, I asked Mike Riley about that. He, you know, well, you know how coaches are. You tell them something good, and they'll just be like, yeah, so, but everyone tells me San Antonio has the best offense in the league. So I would imagine it's one of those three teams. But, I, I mean, who knows? I, you know, I, everyone seems to be, in Vegas seems to be so low on Birmingham. And I talked to Birmingham, and, you know, surprise, they think they're better than advertised. So, <laughs> it's, you know, it's like, uh, they're, they're playing the, they're playing the no one believes in us card. They're basically the Patriots. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what they're doing. Um, okay. Is there anything that I, is there anything that we should know about this league that I haven't asked you about because I've kept you at least double the amount of time I told you I would keep and you are, <laughs> you're, you're currently, uh, I believe moving, moving your girlfriend into a new apartment while explaining to her that you're spending most of your free time covering a league that doesn't actually hasn't actually played a game yet which i'm sure goes over well like like that like that's something that's something that like i would if i i mean look i would do it like i think it's like i think it's a great i think it's a great gig and like it's football um but like the other night uh i tweeted i was like i can't wait for the afl or the aaf excuse me um don't tell my wife about it and and then twitter sent her an alert it was like you may have missed this tweet from Will Brinson. I was like, well, Twitter, you're a dark. What are you doing? Like, this is not helping my case. She's like, what are you talking about? There's more, a new football league this Saturday. You're not watching that. I'm like, of course, I totally won't watch it. And I am totally yeah. watching it. Uh, well, I, well, you, first of all, you got to get on the, who's Jack. You got to tweet Jack and be like, look, yeah. man, you got to fix your, yeah, you got to fix your algorithm. You're a narc, Jack. What are you doing? You're a, you're a narc. Um, I was the same thing. I thought my college football season ended and my girlfriend's like, Hey, we're going to have like Saturdays again. And I was like a week later, I was like, okay, so don't be mad, but <laughs> but listen, yeah. I'm doing this for <laughs> us. I'm doing this for us. That's the line that you have to. That's yeah. She's, she's like really supportive of it. And, and she knows, like I went down to San Antonio covered it. It's, I mean, it's, it's injecting something new into your veins. And so it's sure. exciting. And it's a, it's a chance to sort of make it your own. And, and that's what we're you know trying to do with it. And so she's, she's really cool. And you know what? If she's not cool with it, I'm doing the heavy lifting today. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> how, wait, how old are you? I don't. I have no idea how old you are. So, but I assume you're not. Uh, thirty-one going on thirty-two. Yeah, right. You're thirty-one going on thirty-two, and you guys don't have any kids, right? I mean, if you do, it's perfect. no. I mean, we've been right. dating for two and a half years. Please, yeah, uh, this is perfect. You're in the exactly. I, I just didn't want to make any assumptions. You know, that's how you make an yeah. ass out of yourself, um, or you and me. Uh, but the point being is that this is the perfect time. The absolute perfect time. Like you have no serious commitments, anything you can, you can lope, you can lope, you know, bounce around the country and follow, uh, the, the Apollos and the, um, and, uh, who else do we have? Who are the, I'm trying to look at this picture. Who's this team? I like these helmets. They look good. Like the Apollos. The uniforms, logo. the uniforms are great. Who's the crown? Who's the purple crown? Oh, that's the Atlanta oh, that's legends. A, that's Atlanta. I like that's that. Atlanta. I like that. Yeah, that's it's cool. great. Um, all right. So you would, uh, you would go with, uh, if I place a bet on, I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna place a bet on somebody to win the league. Um, if if the futures pop up on my site, I think I'm gonna go with the uh, with the Orlando Apollos. Good, I good enough choice as any. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else we need to know? Uh, and, and and plug your Twitter handle and plug whatever else you want to plug. Oh man, I mean, there's there's so much. Um, the one thing I will say is, if you want a real, if you want a deeper dive, because there's so much that that we haven't covered. Um, there is a deep dive piece um, about Charlie Eversall. Uh, he's interviewed Bill Polian. Um, it kind of just takes you through all of, of the ways that they're trying to kind of separate themselves, um, you know, amongst the, the pro football leagues uh, bouncing up, you know, kind of coming up. Um, the only other thing that I will say is, so every player, and this kind of plays into, you know, can they get called up at, at any point? They have three-year, non-guaranteed, two hundred fifty thousand dollars salaries. I mean, oh. across the board, starting right. quarterback to you know backup middle linebacker, everyone gets paid the exact same. But they have um, a bonus system in place that is both uh, team-oriented and individual-oriented. The team-oriented bonuses are based on what they do, obviously, as as a team. So, like, if you score the most, you know, touchdowns in the league, like if you have the highest scoring offense or if you have, you know, the most total offense or whatever, I mean, you get bonuses based on that and everyone is compensated equally who plays a role in that. 
but they also do individualized bonuses based on primarily community outreach. So if you're someone who you know, has local charities and does a lot of good, you can get bonuses uh, based on that as well, which I, I think is kind of a cool thing. That was another thing that Pauline pointed out. I thought that was sort of a no, that's real cool. sort of yeah, add, add on that they put in there. So I think you get a lot of the, because again, most of these guys are just looking for, for another chance. So the market dictates that, you know, you only need to give them so much money, but there are, are opportunities for them to excel and make more based on that. So I, I think they, for, you know, for having the market that they do, I think they've struck a fairly uh, player friendly balance. All right. I like it. Uh, follow Ben Kirchival on Twitter. Is it Ben underscore Kirchival or just Ben Kirchival one word? No, nah, it's just, it's just my name. It's Ben Kirchival and I, I'll go ahead and spell it because it's a, Son of a, you know what? For everyone, it's it's K E R C H E V A L. Um, just if you're gonna follow me, I I tweet about the Bachelor. Please don't give me hell about it. It's something that I do. <laughs> you and it's everybody, something every, that I watch. Everybody else does that on Monday as soon as the football you, season ends. Uh, you know what though? Hang on, uh, hang on. I started that. Oh, you did? That was no, yeah. That was not like everyone, and I'm not like dogging on anyone, but like now like you got like Nicole Auerbach like you know tweeting about the Bachelor. I'm like, let me tell you something. Barrett Celine, I started that like years ago. You and Barrett? That was our thing. You guys are the OG and Bachelor tweeters. Yeah, we were the OG Bachelor tweeters. People, people, were, people, were, media. people were too ashamed to tweet about it on their sports media timelines because yeah. they were worried it would get them blasted, and you guys did it anyway. And you know what? It's in my bio. It's in the fine print. And if you've got such a toxic, max, you know, toxic masculinity problem with it, then don't follow me. Like I don't care. <laughs> right. I like it. I do the AAF and the Bachelor. What do you What do you need to know about me? And of course, college, yeah, fo- college, like- college football as well. Um, we're we're gonna have to have you back on the podcast frequently because there's uh, there's football to be gambled on in the off season, and it's called the AAF, the Alliance of American Football. Starts eight o'clock Saturday night on CBS. You better go watch it. You can watch Ben updated. I'm sure on CBS Sports HQ. And uh, again, follow him on Twitter. Thanks for uh, thanks for popping on, buddy. Thanks, Brenton. <laughs>